What do we mean when we talk about escaping the grind? What is escapism? Is it a bad thing? Hi, my name is Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering your lost roleplaying hobby. Welcome back. I've been taking a week or so out of podcasting, focused really on celebrating my 48th birthday and getting some quality time with my wife, Deborah, over the Easter break. Today, I want to deal with a topic that has been niggling away in my mind ever since a friend of mine, Ravi, first mentioned it way back in January. Escapism is something that comes up a lot when you talk to hobbyists of all ilks, and I wanted to take a trip to find out more about what escapism really means. This is Season 3, Episode 1. I didn't really enjoy school. Don't get me wrong, I had a pretty good time in the years during which I attended school, which started around age 5 and ended when I turned 18. But I didn't enjoy the actual schooling bit very much at all. In fact, the trials and tribulations of my school experience are probably a big part of why I trained to become a teacher in 2010. School was a grind. I found most lessons fairly dull and I don't have many positive memories of my time in class. I can remember certain teachers, such as the history teacher, Mrs Salt, who gave me an interest in her subject, but also complained about my laziness at every parent's evening. I also remember Ms Pankhurst, who claimed descent from the famous Emmeline Pankhurst of a suffragette fame and seemed as dour and miserable as her great-grandmother. I hated Ms Pankhurst's English literature A-level class, despite going on to get a solid grade in it. School was also where I was bullied, relentlessly, day after day, week after week, term after term, year after year. Yeah, you kind of get the point. Bullying continued until the fateful day upon which I finally punched the chief bully, whose name I can't even remember now. I punched him out on the school field at lunchtime. I got into a lot of trouble over that punch. But the point is that school was a place of fear in which I kept my head down and avoided eye contact. My mum made me wear the uniform neatly. I tried to work on my studies and got labelled as a square. But the worst crime... It was that I played Dungeons and Dragons. School was where I found out the basic meaning of escapism. On Wikipedia, I found the following and a fairly typical definition. Quote, Escapism is the avoidance of unpleasant, boring, arduous, scary or banal aspects of daily life. It can also be used as a term to define the actions people take to help relieve persistent feelings of depression or general sadness, end quote. The Oxford English Dictionary defined escapism as, quote, the tendency to seek or the practice of seeking distraction from what normally has to be endured, end quote. That most discredited of psychologists, Freud, considered escapism to be a necessity, he would have prescribed a quota of escapist fantasy as a necessary element in our human lives. And he's not the only one either. So overall, there's a pretty negative use of terminology going on here. Escapism is about avoiding all the dull grind of modern life. 
Holy crap, are we miserable? It goes deeper than mere misery, though. Today, in modern Western society, entire industries exist to provide us with escape from the drear and dull existence we inhabit. On the surface, it would seem that our beloved role-playing games form part of this industry of distraction. Movies, television, computer games, board and card games, books, graphic novels, YouTube, most of the internet, the recreational use of social media, alcohol, other drugs, and a myriad of products, activities, and services exist to bring us the relief from the mundane. Even exercise has become a commodity sold on the basis of not only making us healthier, but also because we'll enjoy the endorphin rush afterwards. And of course, where there is industry and the making of money, there is also a sense of respectability, at least if you are part of the industry making stuff for others to escape with. Unless, of course, the escape you are peddling is drugs. Think about it. There's even some serious respectability in being a game designer. I think there is much more to escapism than this common view. I think there's something deeper going on. Psychologist Frode Stensung has identified a tension between two sides of escapism. On the one hand, we have the revelations of Mihail Sizmin... I'm butchering the name, so I'm going to actually do this electronically. Psychologist Frode Stensung has identified a tension between two sides of escapism. On the one hand, we have the revelations of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi and his theories around the flow state. On the other hand, we have the psychological states obtainable through actions such as drug abuse, sexual masochism, and thinking about suicide. In short, these two conditions are similar and point to a truth. States of escape can be both negative and positive. Stensing speaks of escapism in the form of self-suppression versus escapism in the form of self-expansion. It's this latter form of escapism that I'd like us to consider today. In his seminal work, Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience, outlines his theory that people are happiest when they are in a state of flow, a state of concentration or complete absorption with the activity at hand and the situation. It is a state in which people are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. You've probably experienced flow for yourself. I know that this most commonly happens to me when I'm writing, creating, and even teaching an engaged group. It also happens when I am deep into being game master at the gaming table. Bringing role-playing games firmly into this discussion, we can turn our attention to the researcher and gamer Sarah Lynn Bowman, who wrote in the introduction to her excellent book, The Functions of Role-Playing Games, quote, Human beings need fantasy for healthy psychic and social life. Regardless of time, space or cultural background, the constraints of everyday society offer limited roles for people to inhabit. Each of us is expected to fulfil our assigned duties without complaint or conflict. We experience the psychic strain of trying to portray these socially imposed identity roles, which invariably fall short of who we originally thought we would become. RPGs offer a safe, relatively consequence-free space where players can develop certain aspects of themselves. Through role-playing, players learn how to inhabit the headspace of someone other than their primary identity, offering them the chance to develop a stronger sense of empathy. 
The shared performative experience of RPGs provides a ritual atmosphere for players to enact compelling stories or perform unusual, extraordinary deeds. In this way, RPGs help encourage a sense of community by teaching individuals to function as a group. Experiences transpiring in RPGs allow players to develop a deeper understanding about themselves and one another during the course of an adventure, end quote. Let me break all of that down. Firstly, we are healthier when we seek escapes that are focused on self-expansion rather than self-suppression. In other words, we should seek escapes which shift us towards becoming more than our current selves instead of things that try to suppress how we feel about ourselves. Secondly, we can enter a positive mental state of productivity which is described as flow. During these times of flow, we become completely absorbed in the activity and nothing else seems to matter. This state of flow is associated with activities in which we are completely engaged with the situation. Thirdly, we need to accept that we need to escape the very limiting confines of our everyday roles in life. Defining yourself by your job, family role or one social role is extremely limiting. This will lead to psychic strain and all the temptations of self-suppression. Next, we can see that role-playing games offer a safe and largely consequence-free opportunity to explore new roles for ourselves through the unique experience of entering the headspace of someone else, a fictional someone else in most cases, which allows us to see what it would be like to inhabit their life. Finally, the nature of gaming tables, the ritual atmosphere, provides a much-needed place within which we can do amazing things within the fictional world of adventure. This encourages us to build community and learn our function within the group. In short, playing the games and doing cool shit helps us to become friends and, and learn to work with others. What better case is there for encouraging first ourselves and then others to come and play Dungeons & Dragons or whatever role-playing game is your current favourite? Seriously, this shit is not mere escapism in the traditional sense. Role-playing games are a key route to expanding ourselves as living human beings. And I'm not even exaggerating. Back in the middle of the least played episode from season one, what are role-playing games anyway, I asked the question many of us get asked by significant others. Why do we keep playing these silly games? In short, participants in role-playing games create community, solve problems and explore identity. We play games to create community. Given that this is why I do almost anything I love, it's no surprise that role-playing games appeal to me. We create community, Bowman suggests, through a combination of, quote, role-shifting, ritual enactment, narrative construction, and the utilisation of archetypal imagery, end quote. In other words, we take on the role of a character. This isn't terribly new, by the way. We all play different roles in our daily lives, naturally shifting from one to another, on a weekend, I'm a husband and son and friend more than I am a teacher, for example. I shift into each role as need arises. What makes the role-playing game different is that it forms a recent permutation of the traditional role-shifting involved in artistic expression, such as the parts played by artists or performers. We just get to do it with our friends in a less formal manner. We do this role-shifting together in a communal setting through the ritual enactment of the game. From this activity, we get to construct a narrative, what some people call a story, in a collaborative format. 
This in turn allows us to use the deep archetypal images that are drawn from the well of myths, epics and fairy tales. Doing this together draws us together as people. We learn to accept one another through experimenting with the various roles we each can assume. We subconsciously let go of the idea that identity is fixed and learn to embrace difference at the gaming table. This whole process is, by the way, a lot of fun. It's a great release from the reality that envelopes our everyday life and it opens up possibilities for new ways to experience life. Instead of being a teacher in a classroom, I get to be a cunning thief or a powerful wizard. I can be a hardy space grunter or a bold tomb raider. Each role allows me to explore new elements of my own personality and discover the richness that lies within the imagination. As I have said before, these are our stories. They tell us who we are. The work of Stenseng adds to our understanding of why we play. Frankly, role-playing games help us to expand our sense of who we are and avoid suppressing the worst aspects of ourselves. Many of us enjoy the state of flow mentioned earlier when we participate in role-playing games. Sometimes that flow occurs at the gaming table as the adventure engages the group and we lose track of time. Other times that state occurs when we are preparing, making maps, creating worlds, imagining situations and probably accounts for the greatest pull for becoming a GM. Players will most likely experience flow only at the table or when reading RPG books. The Game Master has many more opportunities for entering flow if only they can get over the mental block that labels such time as mere prep. There is so much more to be experienced in the act of creation and being the GM offers the best excuse to flow into it. In the end, the ritualised form of gaming we bring as a group to the table allows us to feel part of something larger. Even for the solo role player, a large part of the appeal of gaming arises from the rituals of recording and sharing our adventures with others. However you look at it, role playing games build community. They also help us to learn to accept not only other people with all their various differences, but also to accept ourselves. In short, this escapism into the realms of the imagination is good for our mental and psychic health. We live in a society that is starving for self-expansion. The reality of 21st century life, at least in Western Europe, is that we work far too many hours and far too hard. We end up crashing at the end of the working day. Our days off are spent recovering, and that's not a great recipe for being creative. In fact, this imbalance between our working and personal lives is responsible for many of the wider ills in society, such as poor diet. If you're anything like me, you probably don't have as much time as you know you should spend on cooking quality food and enjoying it at a sensible pace. And, as we've been learning today, the limited confines of the roles we accept in modern life are leading us to a psychic distress and mental illness. I need to once again call us out on this one. We are choosing this way of life. We have not said no to the demands being placed upon us at work and consequently we have little space left for anything else. We are all familiar with the stereotype of the working man who is never at home for his family. Most of us are far worse. We're never at home with ourselves, let alone anyone else. We are, as a culture, vegetating in front of the TV, drinking wine, smoking pot, snorting coke, having sex with strangers, partying all night in the city and feeling sorry for ourselves instead of enjoying the finer experiences offered all around us. 
We are deep into the realms of self-suppression, ladies and gentlemen. We are on the road to self-destruction. We need a different form of escapism. Consider that the sports have been reduced to commodities. And instead of encouraging people, young or old, to get out and kick a football around or go and play catch, we are sitting at home watching it on TV. Or watching it down the pub while we add in some nice self-suppressing alcohol. Afterwards, we argue with others about the merits or failures of the teams. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against supporting a supporting team. But I am suggesting that we'd be happier and healthier if we took up actually playing that sport, even on a casual kick-the-ball-around-the-park-or-go-and-play-catch kind of level. There is nothing wrong with casual play of your favourite sport. Without it, we really won't have any rising stars to play in those big leagues in the future. Consider the meteoric rise of board gaming over the past decade or so. Board games bring people together. They offer an outlet for learning strategies and problem-solving skills. They are colourful and fun, encouraging pro-social behaviours and enriching our lives with laughter. Board games are a limited example of the self-expansion form of escapism. When I recently went to Luderati in Nottingham, we took on the role of the famous detective Sherlock Holmes for an hour. We also took on the roles of being camel-raising gamblers and practised the fine art of lying in a game of the chameleon. And we had a good time. But consider the much greater opportunities offered by a decent game of Dungeons and Dragons. Even if you limit your imagination to the specific expression of role-playing games on offer with the latest edition of the world's most popular role-playing game, the picture is a much more positive one. Little wonder that by engaging with the gaming community, Wizards of the Coast were able to create a new edition of Dungeons and Dragons that had the broadest possible appeal. Since release, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition has taken it back its position as the most popular, by a very large margin, the most popular RPG in the world. The fantasy genre has always been the mainstay of the hobby because the roles of fighter, cleric, wizard and rogue are core archetypes to the human condition. They are also a lot of fun to play. Add in elves and dwarves, halflings and half-orcs. Pile in the newer player character races, tieflings and dragonborn, for example. And we are off to the races. Our imaginations are expanding and we're quickly and easily into the realms of self-expansion. As an escape, there can surely be no better place to start than D&D. That's why, in our next episode, I want to take a solid look at the 5th edition and show you why it's a good place to start. But I digress. Our society needs the kind of escapism that is delivered by games like D&D. We can't hide behind the excuses of the past any longer. The truth is that role-playing games might be the very best thing for our ailing psyches. And still, I'm not even exaggerating. I've said it before, and I will say it again. If you ever had any love for the role-playing hobby... I think there are three major changes that you need to make in your life. Actually, I'd go further. If you have a creative bone in your body, and in any way enjoy fantasy, science fiction or horror fiction or film, then you need to try a role-playing game. To do that, there are three major changes that you need to make in your life. First, you need to work out how to move things around in your life to create a space for gaming. Second, you need to help your spouse, partner or significant others get used to the idea of you having a space for gaming. Lastly, 
you need to attract some people to join you at the table or go out and find an existing group to join. I think that even before all of this, however, you need to overcome the largest hurdle of all. You need to give yourself permission to play. And the reason that you need to permit yourself to play is that you need to escape. You need the healthy form of escapism to experience self-expansion. To become something more than the limits that the rest of your life is placing upon you. Are you a parent? Then you have a further responsibility. What kind of a parent do you want to be? A mum or a dad who comes home from work, drinks a beer, collapses in front of the TV? Someone who works, pulls a second shift doing the housework and then doesn't have time or energy for anything else? What kind of a role model is that for your son or daughter? You owe it to the mental health and general well-being of your kids to teach them how to game. Crikey, I probably sound like a preacher. I better dial it back. Guys, I'm seriously not trying to moralise here. Role-playing games are a creative inspiration. Role-playing games allow a space to explore alternative roles for yourself. Role-playing games encourage community. What more do you want from them? Come and enjoy some positive escapism. Come and self-expand. Did you know that Roleplay Rescue is supported by a small but dedicated community of role players, people just like you, who fund the podcast production through the Roleplay Rescue Patreon page? You can find the membership page at patreon.com forward slash RPG Rescue. If you chip $1 into the pot every month, you'll be helping me to keep making this podcast and to keep reaching lost gamers. Roleplay Rescue will remain a free podcast no matter what, I want to assure you of that, but your support will help me to expand the reach of the hobby. Currently, I spend about a third of the money I make from Patreon on other RPG creators, writers like Justin Alexander of the Alexandrian website, and podcasters like Colin Spike Pit Green. If you chip in $3 or more, you'll even gain early access to the Saturday episodes a couple of days before everyone else. I'd like to give a big shout out to all the supporters of the show whose patronage helps to keep the flame burning. It's truly motivating to have a dedicated bunch of listeners who've got my back. Here then is the Order of Battle. The mighty sword-bearer, Mark Grahan. The brave shield-bearers, Tim Shorts, Pete Fenner, Ray Otis and Frank Turfler. The intrepid torch-bearers, Richard Fraser, Matt Jackson, Darren Green, a.k.a. Arfed, Glenn Robinson, Edwin King, Christian Richards, Peter Skeynes and Vance A. Thank you, all of you. Game on. Today we've taken a look at the meaning and importance of escapism. We've gone beyond the normal confines of the modern definition and delved into the psychology of escaping from everyday life. We've learned that we are healthier when we seek escapes that are focused on self-expansion rather than self-suppression. We discovered that we can enter into a positive mental state of productivity which is described as flow. During these times of flow, we become completely absorbed in the activity and nothing else seems to matter. 
This state of flow is associated with activities in which we are completely engaged with the situation. We realise that we need to accept the need to escape the very limiting confines of our everyday roles in life. Defining yourself by your job, family role or one social role is extremely limiting. This will lead to psychic strain and all the temptations of self-suppression. We saw how role-playing games offer a safe and largely consequence-free opportunity to explore new roles for ourselves through the unique experience of entering the headspace of someone else. A fictional someone else in most cases which allows us to see what it would be like to inhabit their life. Finally, we had a view of the true nature of the gaming table, the ritual atmosphere which provides a much needed place within which we can do amazing things within the fictional world of adventure. This encourages us to build community and learn to function within a group. In short, we learned how role-playing games allow us to do cool shit and become friends with people we learn to work with collaboratively. If that isn't a cool reason to get back to the table, I don't know what is. Che, it's Froth. I'm having trouble getting this message to go through on the app. Uh, hopefully this one will work, but I wanted to compliment you on the Arduin episode with Gabriel. It was fantastic listening. Um, I've got the first three books. Um, I had to fight somebody tooth and nail on eBay down to the bitter end to get them. So <laughs> like a prized possession for me. Um, I'm really hoping that some reprints come out, um, so I can get the whole collection. But anyway, wanted to compliment you on it. Really enjoyed it. See ya. Hey, Che, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor here. Doing, I love the sound of that Margul's. I, 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 ghoul and uh, shadow, right up. Yeah, that sounds uh, kind of so cruel that I like it. I uh, have to inflict my players on that once in a while. And then uh, the other thing about Douglas Cole, back in the day, he and, you know, we used to play together. We actually started 5e together, and uh, I had the privilege of publishing his uh, very first set of dungeon grappling rules with uh, Peter. Peter, I can't remember his last name. I forgot his last name, but uh, got to publish it in my Manor Zine number eight. It's pretty fun. So uh, great choices. Great episode, Jay. Keep it up. Jeremy throths off there from the Thought Eater podcast. And then Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Uh, thanks, guys, for calling in. Really good to hear from you. And I'm really glad you enjoyed the arduing stuff. I kind of feel like there's more I could say about it. Um, but yeah, like you, I enjoyed the interview with Gabriel. It was really good fun. And then, yeah, I kind of could have really not resisted the whole kind of, you know, um, old, new, borrowed and out of the blue stuff. So I'm glad you enjoyed that episode, too. Seriously, there's some nasty stuff in Arduin. There's some really fun stuff in there, too. It's not for everybody, and I wouldn't use everything, but it is a good read. Thanks, guys, for calling in. Appreciate it. Hey, this is Evil Jeff with Means and Musings. Let me start off by saying I really appreciate your series getting back into role-playing and such. Uh, Same sort of sentiment. Got out of it for a long period of time. Uh, And due to my choice to say, hey, kids uh, and family time is more important for that time being. Um, And other friends have done the same thing. So it was understandable. Uh, 
you definitely have made a podcast that is crunchy. I've got to sit down and really listen and digest it. It's not a casual listen because uh, it is really good. I don't want to miss anything in there. Um, in fact, I'm going to digest it a little bit more, and I'm probably going to shoot a message to you on MeWe. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, Evil Jeff. Great to hear from you. Um, love that name. I'm really glad that you got back into the hobby, um, and I'm really, really pleased that whilst my podcast is crunchy and therefore requires effort, um, I'm glad you're enjoying it, basically. Uh, it's the reason I do this, is to share my thoughts and my ideas, and if it's impacting someone out there, then that's a good thing. And if that's you, well, thank you for letting me know, fella. It's so, so good when people call in, so thank you for adding your name to the list of people who've called the show. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode as well, and I hope that you continue to listen for a long time. But man, thanks for calling in. Really good to hear from you, and yeah, I look forward to hearing from you on MeWe too. All the best. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Roleplay Rescue. If you ever want to get in touch, ask questions, or share your point of view, you can leave me a voice message. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for Roleplay Rescue, and tap on the messages button to leave yours. You can also drop comments onto the Roleplay Rescue pages on MeWe or Facebook. Just search for Roleplay Rescue on those social media platforms and you can follow the pages with an easy click. You can also email me via hello at rpgrescue.com. Finally, don't forget that you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash rpgrescue. I'm Che Webster. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next weekend with another episode of Roleplay Rescue. Game on.